What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And it's the last Monday of January. Therefore, it's the last 2022 throwback we're going to cover on purpose. in the month. On yeah, purpose. on purpose, on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them will be accidental mm-hmm, or they will mm-hmm. be a choice, a choice within a choice of the homies. This has been a, we were still kind of thriving. We were still living off of the end of the year um, hype. And we wanted to keep it going into the month of January. Now, of course, since it's the last month, we didn't want to deprive the homies of the Discord Decides choice. Right. But... We wanted to keep it going at the same time. So what happened is we decided to just list out the rest of the movies that we hadn't yet covered from 2022. Mm -hmm. And then we let all of the homies in the Discord put their votes up for their top three within those. And then the one that got the most votes out of that was the winner. So it's like they got to decide, but we're still within the theme that we've had all month. Right. the homies spoke and they chose pale yes they did and let me tell you right now i'm so happy y'all picked pearl yeah. thank y'all for this because i i mean first and foremost you already knew we were gonna cover pearl based on how much we were talking about it but the fact that we get to do it now is just a little bit of an extra treat because i don't really want to wait anymore yeah he like i knew as soon as i saw it was pearl I was like, oh, I did a little dance. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I was like, he gonna be real excited about that because, yeah, you've been very much looking forward to talking about this movie, understandably so. Because, like, I also, I mean, if you guys have heard our 2022 uh, rewind episode, I also really liked Pearl, and. I had a great time watching that movie. I had a great time with like the small discussion that we were able to have about it without doing spoilers in there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it here as well. Pearl was what I thought would potentially win, especially because we just covered X last year. Right. Um, And so... Yeah, Pearl was kind of a front runner for me as far as thinking of what would win. But we had some close cl- some close calls with some of the other movies. I will say, I did clock that we didn't get a single vote for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. <laughs> and I get it, but... I want to talk about that movie. I'm just, I just want, I want, but I want someone else to want me to talk about that movie. (laughs) That's the thing. I don't want to just want to talk about it and be like, it's my choice. I want someone else 
to say, oh, man, I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Oh, oh, so you just don't want the blame attached to covering Texas Chainsaw 2022. I just want to know that someone's happy that we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know that someone out there is wondering and interested to hear what we have to say. Okay, well, you know, that's fair. That's fair. And look, if you are out there listening right now and you're like, how dare they badmouth the gem that was Texas Chainsaw 2022? Uh, let us know. You know, we are all ears and we do listen. So make sure to uh, hit us up. Erica yeah. will be quite pleased. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can find us, uh, Homies of Horror, on all social media. Uh, hit us up. Hit us up somewhere there, and we'll 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 see what we can do about it. Um, but yes, we are returning to the world of Ty West, the world of Mia Goth, and the world of. What's, where does this take place? Does it ever say the state? <laughs> uh, Texas, uh, question mark. Yeah, the rural farm <laughs> in the south. Uh, but this time, it's 1918. Mm -hmm. And last time... It was the 60s, right? Oh, the 70s. 70s, 70s. Ooh. It was the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But before we return to that world, we kind of need to figure out how scary that world is True. now, back mm -hmm. then, back in the past. Um, so when it comes to the scare scale, five being the scariest, one being not scary at all, what's Pearl doing? Where is she falling? Where is she falling? Um, man, another hard one, because like these movies like Pearl have scary moments, but I don't think they're, like, particularly scary because of their style. I'm going to say, like, a three. A very mm. tentative three, but I'm going to say a three. Just because I feel like a majority of the movie is just stylized character work, but when we do get gruesome, we do, in fact, get pretty gruesome. Um, so for that fact, I got to give it some points. But I think overall, scare-wise, it's still a little bit on the tamer side. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go with three. Okay. I think I'm going to give Pearl a two um, because I think narratively wise, Pearl's pretty straightforward or pretty outside of horror, actually, yeah. uh, is a little bit more suspenseful, maybe. But yeah, there's not not any just maybe like one kind of jump scare, but it's also kind of funny. Well, I'll talk about it later, but there's like <laughs> one moment that kind of gets played as a jump scare, but also makes me cackle. So I don't think that it's necessarily scary. Um, Pearl is maybe an unnerving character and the circumstances are kind of nerve wracking because you know what's coming and you know yeah. what this is all leading to but i will say even i think compared to x for me the gore was a little bit more toned down it was a little bit more implied than shown mm -hmm. for some of the characters and then the gore that we do get shown in this it is when we see it it is pretty good but because it's so fantasticalized <laughs> sure sure <laughs> because it's that way um it, it it feels a little bit lighter than it did in x gotcha. so yeah I, I i think that's where i'm i'm falling on a on a two for on a two for Pearl. honestly i i kind of agree with you i'm gonna take my tentative three and i'm gonna move it down to a two because I, I okay I, 
yeah it's it's not that scary it's unnerving but it's not scary mm-hmm. scary yeah so two two for pearl so that is good for any of our homies out there who don't like scary movies or don't like when horror is too scary i actually think this is a really good one for you mm-hmm. and also to be fair you could watch this movie without having seen x because i do think that x is scarier okay so yeah all right fair enough well without further ado it is about time that we dive directly into pearl so homies we are entering into spoiler territory and you have been warned but today we are talking about pearl from 2022 this movie was directed and written by ty west along with being co-written by Mia Goth, starring Tandy Wright as Ruth, Emma Jenkins Perot as Mitzi, and Mia Goth as Pearl. Pearl is a girl with big dreams and an even bigger pitchfork. Born into a world filled with influenza and famine, Pearl lives a modest life on the farm with her rigid mother and her infirmed father. But when her sister-in-law, Mitzi, presents her with the opportunity of a lifetime, Pearl is ready to do whatever it takes to make it to the top. Insert scandalous scarecrows, naughty foreign picture shows, and an all-out alligator buffet here. Our film concludes with Pearl spiraling out of control on her quest for fame. Will she achieve her dreams of dancing around the state? Or will she be forced to stay forever on this farm with the consequences of her actions? Also, Howard, I'm so happy you're home. Roll credits. <laughs> Abandoned as a pup. Pearl was taken up <laughs> by Muriel and her husband, Eustace Bag. <laughs> Crazy things happen in nowhere. <laughs> It's up to Pearl to save her new home. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I think that leads us perfectly into the the world we are living in, in Pearl, like Mm -hmm. I said. But, um, Shane. Sure. What's in your... What did you what did you click clack on that typewriter <laughs> over there? Oh my god. I don't know if we're gonna make it through this episode. <laughs> okay, all right. So the the first thing on the first thing in my on my typewriter is uh it's the same shot. And this is in regards to the opening shot of this film, which is a callback to the same opening from X. We have the uh, opening of the barn door to reveal the uh, the farmhouse, which I thought was a really cool um, comparison between these two, since this being the prequel to X, um, it's really nice to see how these movies are connected despite the fact that tonally they're so different from one another Mm -hmm. i thought that that was like one of the coolest aspects of pearl yeah yeah they are so different stylistically but so clearly live within the same universe which is really cool Mm -hmm. honestly i don't know why even though i know that this is 
what predates X. For some reason, the entire first time that I watched this, I didn't really take in the fact that, yeah, that's the same barn. That's the same farmhouse. This is the same farm um, just in its best condition rather Mm -hmm. than the kind of worn, rundown version that we see in 50 years time. So yeah, that was really cool to pay attention to this time because I don't think I really noticed that as much the first time. And I enjoyed seeing the differences in set design because yeah, they were really able to throw some shine on on these things that we've seen before. I mean, even the swamp and the marsh, it's Mm -hmm. completely different than what we see later when we've seen how it's kind of become a graveyard (laughs) for Pearl's past victims. So yeah, I really, I really enjoyed paying more attention to it this time. I also was thinking this time when I was watching it and I was like this beginning, like when, when Pearl steps on the scene and she's, she's doing all her stuff with like the cameras and the flash bulbs. It reminds me of Chicago. Ooh, okay. Yeah, she's, I see that. She's giving me Roxy Hart a little bit, um, <laughs> which I mean makes a lot of sense because it is kind of a similar characterization of the girl with these dreams of grandeur and yeah. who wants more than what they what they are and kind of goes down a dark path to get that it's Mm -hmm. a similar vibe yeah and i mean that through line of like the that character who is gonna do anything for fame um i love that it's present in both movies i'm really hoping that it's gonna be also i mean you assume it's gonna be present in maxine with maxine being the title character for that Mm -hmm. but i think that particular aspect of this character pearl is um one of the ones that really grounds this movie and just this idea of you know the the journey for fame and like what what goes through the thought process of someone who wants to be famous who wants to be seen who wants to be heard who wants to expand past whatever life that they feel like they have been confined to um i feel like that's a very real human emotion that a lot of people especially us creatives feel pretty heavily so like i love that it taps into something natural there and comes from a true place because again with this particular movie a lot of it feels fantasticalized or whatever (laughs) word you used before Mm -hmm. but like it a lot of this lives in fantasy right everything's very bright everything's very vibrant um very technicolor i think you uh described Mm -hmm. it as previously in a different conversation but like I love that despite this being a period piece, the character of Pearl has something very human to latch on to that I think is still or something that's still prevalent today in a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that Pearl kind of feels like the underdog that you should root for. If she wasn't mm-hmm. doing all that other stuff on the side, right. that she does feel like that character that is easily relatable because, yeah, I don't it's a familiar feeling to fantasize and daydream and want these things in your life, especially when you're young mm-hmm. and and you that's the time to do those things. That's the time when you're figuring out what you do want in life. And so the world is still 
and it's a blank canvas at that point for you right. to fill in and paint. And so for most people, they paint the prettiest picture because that it could be a reality. It could be a possibility, but right now it's a fantasy and there's nothing wrong with, with imagining the best for yourself and wanting more for your life. And especially I feel like when you're dealing with some circumstances that are pretty rough in reality, a lot of people do escape to a world that they create for themselves. And that's totally valid and totally okay. Now in the wrong person, that can be dangerous because right. then you get so wrapped up in that fantasy world that you can't differentiate that from your reality or mm -hmm. you're so obsessed with getting that regardless of what that might mean for you and the people around you. It's like the fixation on it that can be dangerous. And yeah. I think that that's what we see in Pearl, particularly, I mean, it gets worse throughout, but I think even when we first meet her, it's this, she's already teetering on the brink of, I'm about to fall into this so hard that mm -hmm. I don't really care about how it affects anybody in my real life like she is like she is balancing on that beam when we when we first meet her in this movie mm -hmm. and it takes the lightest blow to push her <laughs> over <laughs> no effort at all if we're being honest she yeah. was ready to fall <laughs> Yo, absolutely um and before we dive too too deep into the film itself just to go over a couple little things that some of you guys probably already know um, just because Pearl was a bit unique in its release and how it came out. Um, we did get this movie the same year as X, even though it's the prequel slash sequel to the movie. And this movie was being shot in secret alongside X. Um, Pearl had actually been greenlit before X had even entered into pro into production. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because Ty West had already attached Mia Goth to the project. And I think from there, the two of them collaborated to come up with this script for the prequel um, a lot of it stemming from just like the character work of Pearl. And I will say this is one of the coolest things that I've seen, I think, in like movie making release schedules in a while, at least for me personally, just because as somebody who really enjoyed X, the fact that I was getting more from this universe so quickly was one of the most welcome surprises I felt in 2022. And like, Granted, I do not want to necessarily push for this to become a norm because I think that facilitates like overwork. However, um, if a project can facilitate this kind of a release schedule, it's kind of fucking dope. Yeah, it is. It is super cool. And I, coming from the perspective of someone who had not seen X by the time the Pearl <laughs> poster mm -hmm. dropped, I was pretty confused um, by the situation i didn't really know what that meant in terms of x but it was really fun to see the excitement of people who did know and had enjoyed x and were were kind of coming up with all of these theories about what this was going how this was going to play out and then i think too in a time where we have so much information that can easily be found or discovered or there's not a lot of privacy in the world anymore it's pretty freaking cool that they were able to secretly drop this and nothing mm -hmm. was leaked no there was nobody who knew anything prior to this and then it just kind of 
came out one day. I think that that is really cool because that's not the sort of thing that is always allowed to happen anymore. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really awesome that they were able to do this. And I do think that that is because they did it back to back using the exact same set, using the exact same characters. So it's like nobody really knew. You maybe wouldn't have even known that they were filming a new movie it kind of maybe just felt like the same movie because in a lot of ways it it's just an extension of that movie yeah Um, but yeah i think it's awesome that they were able to do that yeah and with one last comparison between the two at least for now um i did read in an interview where um ty west mentioned how although these movies are connected they're more here to enrich each other Mm -hmm. um as opposed to just directly connect to one another um with the idea that like for instance you you could watch pearl without seeing x and still get a great story from it um likewise with x even if you don't watch pearl you'll still get the same experience but i like that idea that these movies exist together um and they do things for each other where you know you'll see little easter eggs here and there but they still work as standalones as well i do think that that is a testament to both the directing and the writing of both of these but now focusing back on the movie at hand and pearl um i really like the intro to this movie and i really do think that it very much frames the character of pearl I think we get every bit of information that we need about like who she is and like her mental state at the time within like the first 10 to 15 minutes, like easily Um, Mm -hmm. because we get, we get all the fantasy, we get the lust for fame, but then we also very quickly get to see her violent side as well. And it's like seemingly unprovoked too. Yeah. Yeah. She is. It's. In this beginning, when she's still doing fairly small, violent measures, I mean, it tracks for people who maybe do kind of go down that path into eventually killing people is a lot of times you, you go, you start with things that are really vulnerable and easy to take out. And I do feel like Pearl gets a little bit of, something there's like something that she enjoys about being able to kind of take out these these things that are smaller and insignificant to her because the first thing that we see her kill is a goose which she does feed to her alligator crocodile Mm -hmm. alligator alligator she does feed to her alligator so it's not like she just killed the goose and then just chucked him to the side and was like damn Mm -hmm. that felt good i mean she does like (laughs) she does use the goose but it it's just the the way in which she switches from seemingly everything being fine to this easy i'm just gonna murder this thing right in front of my eyes and keep it moving is is a mm-hmm. little alarming because yeah she's in the barn putting on a show for her animals as as you do she's doing a little you know a little sp- telling them how it's gonna be how she's gonna be famous and she's gonna leave the farm and travel the world and then the goose waddles in which where was this goose baby where are you going <laughs> this goose comes in out of nowhere um <laughs> waddles in and kicks the barn door open and she's like hey mr goose and then kills it with the 
pitchfork with a pitchfork her signature weapon um although what a good pick for like a signature weapon you got so you're good. on a farm you it, have to do the pitchfork you have to do it but it just works so well and yeah now pearl it's, it's established very early on that pearl likes killing um even if it starts small she does have this strange enjoyment for killing or if not enjoyment just this ease for killing which she mentions later on where like she doesn't necessarily feel things when she kills and i i can see that um not only from the script but from just the performance uh of mia goth as well a lot of times for a lot of these kills i think what's so unnerving about them is how easy it is for pearl to do it when she has decided that she's ready to kill someone like mm. when it when it's time to to eliminate a threat or get rid of somebody she doesn't want around, she does it without batting an eyelash. And like mm. you can tell that the person does not feel anything. And that is terrifying. Like that is so scary. Yeah. And it's also it also feels like too for these like I like these smaller kills, I guess you could say, is before she moves into killing people, it it feels like it's something that she uses to regain some control in her life because she doesn't really have control over the circumstances surrounding her. Mm -hmm. She really feels like she has just been kind of pushed into this situation that she so desperately wants to break free from, but she can't. And right. she feels like she has no control. And so it feels like she regains a little bit of control by doing these things. I think mm -hmm. we especially see that with, because like for instance now, she was having this great moment earlier. Her mom comes in and tells her she has to do all these things that she doesn't want to do. And then she has this moment. And then I think later on too, when we see her uh, squish the crocodile baby egg mm -hmm. it's used as a, almost a, an analogy for how she feels about howard but it's like she she has these people in her life that she's so angry at and at that point in time she can't do anything about it she just right. and so she she takes it out on other things in other ways and i feel like mm -hmm. she uses that control in these first mini kills until she realizes that she can control her circumstances by maybe going bigger and taking out the actual thing that is upsetting her. Right. And I will, I will say I really enjoyed the relationship between um, Pearl and her mother, uh, Ruth on the IMDb. I don't know if it's actually said anywhere during the movie, but that's what she's uh, marked as is Ruth. Um, but played by Tandy Wright, who was the intimacy coordinator in X, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, the dynamic between Pearl and Ruth for me really took center stage on my second watch here because I think the first time through, the mom really just feels like the the antagonist, right? She's the thing holding Pearl back. Like, she's the reason why Pearl is in the situation that she's in anyway. Um, granted, the mom has some pretty shitty circumstances, all things considered, and is doing a lot, honestly, doing a ton for both her and Pearl, but it really this time around sunk in how much nuance I feel like there is to their relationship because like, I feel like at surface level, it just feels like the mom doesn't appreciate Pearl or doesn't like Pearl. And that is like building animosity for Pearl between the two of them, where in reality, it's just like, 
the mom's just so damn stressed about all the things that she has to deal with. Like their farm used to have a bunch of farmers. Now it's literally just them and the husband who can't do anything. So it's literally just the two women. And, you know, the mom has to handle everything. And so it makes a lot of sense that she would be a little bit hard on on um, Pearl for having these kind of silly aspirations in her mind because she's more just like, yo, we need to eat and like mm-hmm. we need to make sure this farm stays up. And like I'm concerned with things that should be important to you, but you don't seem to be concerned about. And like I love that the a lot of the animosity comes from that, not from them like really hating each other, more just like their circumstances cause them to butt heads, at least from what I could see. Oh, for sure. I feel like the her mom and Pearl are two snapshots in time of the same person because mm-hmm. I feel like for Pearl, she sees her mom and she's she sees the exact type of living situation she does not want to have. She sees the exact type of person she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be working on a farm. She doesn't want to be a, like a low or middle class kind of per- like she wants to be a rich worldly woman of the world who has experiences she's a, star. she's a star and she doesn't want this life for herself and you can tell that she feels kind of disdain for the way that her mom seemingly to her is just okay with the way that things are okay with living on a farm and this being it and we're gonna work and we're gonna do this and we don't need to be associating with these people you can tell that that is disappointing to pearl like that's not the life that she wants to live but then on the same on the flip side you have her mom who is not allotted time to want anymore she only Mm -hmm. has time to do the things that need to be done and you can and i feel like there is a little bit of the mom who is maybe a little bit envious of the fact that Pearl does have possibilities and she could kind of do whatever because that's not a reality for the mother for anymore. Her. She, yeah. her husband is now someone that she unex- did not expect to have to take care of. She thought she would be being taken care of at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And now she's taking care of everything. Um, and also too, it's frustrating. I feel like to her to have Pearl who's constantly looking elsewhere and never focusing on this the trouble that they're in now like this is a serious situation that they're in and it feels like pearl never takes it seriously and Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a moment in this movie where i think you can really see that the mom is like yeah i wanted things too i wanted different things for myself as well but there is a point in your life where you have to accept the cards that you're dealt with and Mm -hmm except that life is not always going to be getting what you want. And it's frustrating for her that Pearl can't see that. Can't see that. (laughs) (laughs) That Pearl can't see that. And then it's frustrating to Pearl that her mom can never have the benefit of the doubt or have hope that Mm -hmm. maybe Pearl can break free of this. It's like both of them just can't see things from the other person's perspective. Now, granted, the mom also does say that she knows that Pearl is crazy. And That's like, true. so there's, there's a little bit of extra tension there. Cause the mom is like, you, you got a darkness about you and I mm-hmm. feel it. And like, <laughs> that's kind of uh, upsetting because it's, 
what is interesting, I think, about this relationship dynamic is so this is during like the influenza pandemic when it mm-hmm. first came and a shit ton of people were getting sick and that is what has happened to their father so we know that this is a recent development this is not something they've been living with this is new and so you never really know what the relationship was like prior because you because this is it, it to me at least and and i'm not sure if this is the case of course but to me it does feel like this is a new shift in their relationship because the mom is now taking on multiple roles that she has never had to take on. It feels like maybe this is a new shift in their relationship that neither one of them knows how to deal with. And I think that that could be, could potentially be true because of when Pearl asked her mother, when she's like, why do you hate me? I feel like that feels like something she's saying because it's a new feeling. Like, I I Mm. feel like if she had been hated her whole life, it wouldn't have been like an all of a sudden, why do you hate me? Like, I feel like it's something that has maybe developed recently. Yeah, I could see that. And also we have the fact that there's no Howard around as well, who at this point in time, um, they're already married. So she's she's already has a relationship with Howard. However, he's gone off to the war. So now not only do they lose another hand on the farm but then pearl also loses basically her most active um funneling of love which the lack of we can see um really tear at this character because at the end of the day that's all pearl actually wants and like that's kind of the saddest tragic part Mm -hmm. about pearl as a character is like she just wants to be loved like she wants to be loved now she wants to be loved on a grand scale but i think a lot of that stems from she also just wants love in her everyday life and it feels like when we snap into the story she's at a point in time where she feels just unloved from Mm -hmm. every direction and like the only love that she actually does have is miles away at war and may or may not be ever coming back and i think especially too because when you kind of go through and learn a little bit more about Howard and his family and the kind of privileges that they have been benefited. Mm -hmm. You notice that it kind of feels like this is something that Howard wanted to do rather than maybe being forced to enlist like most people were. Right. It feels like Howard really was pretty gung ho about wanting to do this. Um, And that's another thing. It's not even like, oh, they left me. I also, it also feels like they wanted to leave me. And then, yeah. And now Pearl is left with her mother who really does not seem to give a fuck about her anymore. uh, Besides like, you better go do your shit and call it a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then her father who can't, who can't react or, or show her love or be, he can be a confidant to a certain degree, but I mean, not in the way that she needs. And she, there's no reciprocation there. And also, too, um, because of what's happening with the with the flu, there is no she there's nobody coming to their farm because her mom, her dad's um, immune system is 
totally compromised. So they can't have anybody come to the farm. And Pearl's really not supposed to go out and see people. She's supposed to like go to town, get medicine and come straight back. Mm -hmm. So her interactions with people are severely limited. And so when she does get interactions with people, you can tell that she's like really been starving for it. But more importantly, she's starving for the attention because the conversation that she has with her sister-in-law is very different than the conversation that she has with the projectionist because there are two different things going on there. One of them is showering her with compliments and attention and love. The other one is a fine conversation. It's cordial and it's nice, but there is a definitely an imbalance there because Pearl obviously feels like the lesser person in the situation with her sister-in-law than she does when she's talking to a guy who thinks she's cute that's very true and also touching a little bit on the influenza portion of this i will say as one of the few people um because i saw this in theaters one of the few people in my theater um still wearing a mask um when when um pearl went into town and then put her mask on i gotta be honest i just kind of giggled just because like (laughs) it for for immersion purposes it was very nice because like it somehow took a period piece and made it relevant to today which mm-hmm. i just thought that that was very creative in how they did that and in you know it's pulling from real historical stuff but just the way it was framed plus when this was released depending on when you're listening to this episode like the whole mass debate is just so prevalent that the fact that they were able to include that within a period piece I thought was just really funny and like I, I couldn't help but laugh I just thought it was a lot of fun since you brought up the projectionist uh let's talk a little bit about that character because like I mm, I felt a little bit differently about him Ooh. second time through okay lay it on me also I wish he did have a name <laughs> I right? wish I do wish this man had a name <laughs> <laughs> um well, Well, so here's the thing. I think the first time when I saw this, um, I felt really bad for him. And I and I still felt bad for him the second time through, you know, with what happens to him. However, um, I don't know, dude, he came off a little sleazier this time than he did the first time. And maybe that's just my antennas weren't up for it. But just like the way that he comes on to Pearl, it's just what's the right word for this? I just don't like I don't I dislike how pretentious he is for who he actually is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where like <laughs> it sounds like shade, <laughs> but I really here's the thing, is like I really noticed it on like the second time through when she like comes to like hang out with him and watch the movie, where it's like he can obviously tell that, you know, she she does not see a lot of people. She lets him know that she's from a farm. So, like, he knows that she has, like, a small-town mentality. And you can tell that he is just living on her, just eating up every word of what he says. Oh, yeah. And, like, he he definitely goes about, like, describing himself. And, like, he carries himself in a, in a fine manner. You know, he's, try, he's trying to have a little swagger to his step and everything. Yeah. Um, but it's just, like... Some of the shit that he says, like when she calls him out for like, do you live here? Like in the thing. And he's like, oh, I mean, I, I don't really live anywhere. I'm bohemian. It's like, Bro, you ain't bohemian. Yeah. You homeless dog. Like, don't don't call it what it's not. And like he's like, I spend my summers abroad, basically, is what is what he's trying to say. <laughs> yeah. To 
No, just, it feels like he's taking advantage of her a little bit. Like he can kind of just smell the fact that she doesn't really get to talk to a lot of people. So I feel like he pounces on that. And granted, once he actually gets to the farm and like shit gets weird, I do still feel bad for him because he he very quickly realizes he's in a dangerous scenario and needs mm-hmm. to leave but doesn't get to. Um, but I feel like just the lead up to that, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's he just a... seemed like a brother trying to get laid and like oh, yeah <laughs> ain't, ain't no shame on the game i suppose but just the way he went about it in certain places was just kind of weird to me oh yeah he's very it's, he's giving off we just met in a club and i have a one night stand energy which is fine like you know that's the vibes that's the vibes but yeah he meets her multiple times which is what i think is is i think that's where that's coming from is it's like it's one night stand energy over four different nights. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we meet him multiple times and the game, <laughs> the game he's spitting is like that club energy. But mm-hmm. rather than being compacted into a couple of hours, it's spread out. So you get a couple different tastes of it. And you're like, dude, you're doing too much. Because there's that one part where he basically says to her, oh, you should. If you were in a porn, I would definitely watch it. He was basically like, oh, yeah, I jerk off to you in a porn. And I was like, baby. Okay. Okay. I mean, Pearl. Pearl's like, eh, but <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, or even like the framing of like when they're watching the the what are they called the stag film? Yeah. Uh, like even when they're watching that and like she's watching through the thing, he's like creeping up kind of behind her. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, like chill out, dude. Yeah. It's and it's the thing about it is he definitely is doing. He's he wants to smash. Like that yeah, is what yeah, it is. Yeah. He's absolutely trying to get laid. He, no he is asked. he is nice like i think their first interaction is kind of nice like when mm-hmm. he's like yeah you could do that and he gives her the thing and he's like you're pretty or whatever um you know shout out to the troops whatever the fuck he says um but then immediately he's like oh you have a husband in the war mm, so he's not here mm, that's what it feels like but at the same time pearl is down a clown that's the True. thing about it is pearl also is very much <laughs> i mean she kind of she tries to fight back against it for 10 seconds when (laughs) she's like no i married in her head but pearl is also heavily picking up what he's putting down he does have some sleazebowl tendencies he is very much putting on a thick i've seen the world i can show you the world (laughs) like that's really that is really what he is is giving her it's real nice to be able to talk to someone for a change been cooped up on that farm for so long, sometimes I worry that maybe I'm not the same as other people. Why would you ever want to be like everybody else? I don't know. Sometimes it just seems more peaceful, I guess. Overseas when this pandemic ends. That's what I'm doing. The arts are so much more alive in Europe. You can be whoever you want to be there. Really? You could even be in pictures like this. I know, I'd watch you. I should go now. Thank you. And what for? 
for seeing me tonight. But it's, it's, everything always takes a turn to me once we do have that situation with him going to the farm because he like offers to drive her home. Mm-hmm. Which is a gesture. You know, it's like a nice gesture, whatever. He drives her home and after they've smashed though. Well, of course, yes. <laughs> but which way and y'all, I hate I'm not trying to put Pearl on. All I'm just saying is I it is reciprocated because she nah, does nah, she, nah. she 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 runs there in the middle of the pouring rain to go have yeah, sex with nah. this man. Look, they're both they're both down bad. They're, they're yeah, they're down bad. Both down bad. They are down bad. Um but Pearl is really, I think, particularly down because she does think that he is going to whisk her away to mm, New York mm-hmm. and and do X, Y, and Z when I don't think he has any any you know uh, plans to leave where he's at anytime soon. Uh, that's just something that he is telling her. And mm-hmm. and now, granted, I do think that he is he probably is like, yeah, you're pretty and you could be a star, but he ain't the one who's booking the stars. So like, it's really not up to him. He does seem when he gets to the house, he is like very, very nice. Like he like introduces mm-hmm. himself to her dad and then he hears this noise and he's like, what if it it's weird because there it feels like there is a part of him that does admire Pearl for taking care of her family and like for being on the farm and yeah. he's, he actually like he's actually like this farm is actually pretty cool like i don't understand why why you don't want to be here which is a little dismissive but you know he's he's kind of down with the with the life that she's living mm-hmm. and he he's the one who wants to go check and make sure her dad's okay and then after everything gets weird and she lies obviously lies to him um he's like ready to leave so it's it's hard to tell what his true intentions are. I mean, he probably just would have kept like sleeping with her until Howard came back. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a scenario. Um, but it's just it it's like things change when when he goes back to the farm. Um because I but I think it's mainly because that's the first time that we see this couple with him and her domain kind of a thing Mm -hmm. and because we know what pearl is capable of it's so interesting how the like cat and mouse like roles switch because i think when she comes to visit him it does feel very much like he's the like big guy on campus he's the he's the cat and she's the mouse and he's doing all these techniques to kind of like draw her in get her to like him and all these things and then it's like as soon as he steps on the farm, I feel like he's the mouse and mm-hmm. she's the cat. And it's yeah. just crazy how quickly that changes. But it's just because we wouldn't, you know, Pearl. Like, yeah, you know what, how this is going to go. There's no other way this can go. That's true. And like, not only do you have that, but you also have the events of the night before, too, which. <laughs> yeah. You know, you. I feel like when something like that happens and you walk into the area where that happens, you can just feel it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he just felt that there was something off in the air. Maybe it was the maggot-filled pig on her doorstep that was the uh, first of the red flags. Right. Though, but, to be fair, that was her mom's fault. <laughs> that, that was. Um, but she could have hit it. She hit a whole ass <laughs> body. She could have hit the pig. Uh, <laughs> but... It's 
Yeah, I think a lot of it is the framing and the timing of things because, like, I think, too, before we get to this point, a lot of us viewing the projectionist who I think is unnamed for a reason. I think because he really is just kind of a vehicle for for uh, Pearl at this point that it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter who he is per se. But I feel like a lot of times we see him through her lens, right? Um, where it's just like, who is this guy, this strange, good-looking man who lives, his job is within the world that I want to live in someday, like all this stuff. And then once we get to the farm, it feels more just like we're getting more of a neutral view of these two, just like out mm-hmm. in the open, less like rose-tinted glasses towards him. Editing Erica here and Roshane, I'm so glad that you said that. It's been a mile since I've stepped on the call, um, but I did want to also chime in with a little bit of extra to add on to what he had just said, because when I was going back to find audio clips of the projectionist and Pearl having a conversation, something I did notice is despite what we said earlier in this conversation and both of our perceptions that he had made promises to her, knowing that he was not going to keep those promises, Actually, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, he never outrightly said that he would take Pearl elsewhere. He never said he'd take her to Europe. He never said he'd take her to New York. What he says is, you're young, your life's ahead of you. Why don't you go to New York? Why don't you go to Europe? I'm going to Europe later. You should go after the pandemic's over. He said things to her to imply that she should take agency of her own life and she should go and do these trips on her own. And he was just giving her places, ideas. But I think as Pearl was hearing this, going along with her just grasping at some way to get out, I think she heard what she wanted to hear. And thus, as a result, we as the audience also heard that thing. I feel like because of Pearl's reaction and her perception of what he said, I also believed that he had promised her that he would whisk her away on his magic carpet. And and he never said those things. So yeah, we definitely are seeing things through a very skewed perspective. That is the perspective of Pearl. And I never even noticed it until I was going back to try and find that clip. But that's it. Back to it. And I think once the infatuation of that relationship kind of diminishes a little bit, you start to feel the uncomfortability. And especially knowing that um, Pearl is already mid-spiral by the time that we're in this moment, you also start fearing for him, too, because you're like, yo, you got to. You got to get out of there, bro. Like, you don't understand that you got to get out of yeah. there, but you got to get out of there. Yeah. You better hit the push to start on that car so you can <laughs> hop in and take off. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I feel like both of them are wearing facades in a way that both mm-hmm. slip when they after they have sex. Because yeah. I do, like I said, I do feel like he is very much putting on this like, <laughs> like cool guy, jet mm-hmm. setting thing to have sex with her. And then they do. And then I do feel like that kind of melts away a little bit afterwards. But similarly for Pearl, I feel like she also lets a facade slip away where I think he does start to realize, oh, this girl's not as kind of like innocent and 
as naive as I maybe had thought she was going to be. And yeah, yeah, she's a lot scarier. Yeah. He's like, she's (laughs) kind of scary. And, and so I think they both have these masks that fall off and just in, in different ways. Um, Not them both having the post coitus revelations. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Yeah. Look, (laughs) We had, like I said, this is a one night stand over four nights <laughs> and, and it was expected to happen. And it does. Uh, it ends poorly for our projectionist. I do love the scene uh, where <laughs> where she screamed like she kind of can confronts him about everything as he's mm-hmm. trying to leave, because that's the thing is it's that like we said, it's that she she has issues with people a it's very clear that Pearl does realize that something is wrong with her, but she doesn't want other people to make her feel like she's wrong. Like, like that, like she's different or that there is Mm -hmm. something wrong with her. It's one thing if she acknowledges it herself, but when she doesn't want other people to look at her differently, because I feel like she equates it to the way that her mom treats her and looks at her with this like disdain and this this disgust and this like girl are you okay and so you have two characters in this movie who are fine until they try to leave and i think it's because it's that moment of her realizing that they don't think that she's special that they do think Mm -hmm. that she's off and there's something wrong with her and also they are trying to leave her and yeah so i think that that is definitely evident with him because everything is fine until she (laughs) she senses that he no longer feels the way the same way about her now that he's seen more of her which i could see understand like she like i said she has in some ways kind of opened herself up and and is kind of letting him see her for who she really is and yeah. he doesn't and she like that on howard too yeah and, and she's like, on howard for what which is like <laughs> and like granted you know that she's going to, but I, I do like that we explore the fact that she does deeply regret doing it. And it's something mm-hmm. that she now granted, I don't know if she regrets it just because it didn't work out. But the fact of the matter is, is like she does have love for Howard, but she's just in a very conflicted place. Yeah. Um, and so and I think a lot of the anger that she feels towards the projectionist and people leaving her probably stems from Howard too. And like Mm -hmm. her abandonment issues, because that was another point of him is he was supposed to take her from this world. um, And instead he went off to war. So like now she's already been spurned by one person in the past, promising her a different life and then not giving her that. And like, here goes another one trying to walk away from giving her this new life that she feels like she deserves. And that's really difficult for her to the point where it makes her snap. And I not granted the, the kill for this is dope. And like, I do think the setup for the kill is pretty awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's, it's, it's when he's bleeding out that I do genuinely feel bad for him. I'm like, damn dude, should just stayed inside that room, brother. Shouldn't have gone out for that smoke, man. <laughs> I'm saying it should have just been like, okay, ride your bike home. Like, <laughs> 
shouldn't have drove her or something also she does also cheat on howard with a scarecrow um that's a great that's a really great scene uh that scarecrow is terrifying i guess Mm -hmm. that's maybe how they made them um back then i'm glad that they've become more hay like over the years (laughs) because this scarecrow has basically a face it has Mm -hmm. like the indents for the eyeballs and unnecessarily so i i think that these scenes are always so great these scenes are what make me appreciate the pearl of x more because that's something that i kind of questioned when i watched that movie these moments of her performing i remember thinking oh this feels really like really, why is this happening yeah this feels unnecessary this feels more to just kind of lean into a some like a stereotype than anything else. But I do think that after seeing Pearl, it feels more inherent to the character. It just feels like the way that Pearl deals with things is is to perform because this is when we really see her kind of grappling with her her feelings sexually for the projectionist and mm-hmm. and how she's trying barely to not give in to them. Um but it's it's moments like this where you and I think especially what her mother says later where you realize that Pearl probably does slip into these like I said moments of fantasy often yeah. and it's like she puts on these performances but only for herself because really this isn't for an audience it's not meant to be we're there as an audience um but unknowingly to pearl and which is why i feel like they are so uncomfortable to watch because there's not supposed to be anybody seeing them Mm -hmm. um but it's it's moments like these where you have to wonder because she never says explicitly what she's seen but her mother does imply that she has seen pearl do some some questionable things when yeah. she thinks nobody else is watching and um this is just an and it's it's our taste of of what this and definitely like the goose and her trying to feed her dad to, to <laughs> the alligator like those little tastes of how easily she slips into these performances within her real life Mm-hmm. It's very true. And dude, I really love the confrontation between her and her mom. Like that that mm-hmm. dinner scene was so good. I think for both characters, because you get a lot about her mom during that sequence as well. Um yeah. but also I I do find it funny, and this is something that transcends from Pearl to X as well, but this idea that both like Pearl, Maxine, like all the the title characters, they all have this issue with people staring at them. And I find that so fascinating for characters that are doing everything they can to be in the spotlight. Like they want to be famous. They want the whole world to see them, but they cannot stand when people are staring at them. It's one of those like small little um juxtapositions that i think really just add so many layers to this character because like pearl for how much she wants the limelight she's a very reserved person i think and like we do see a lot of that in her first interaction with the projectionist of just like how shy and kind of quiet she actually is when Mm -hmm. she's not in her fantasy world right um but i mean this 
this attraction to stardom this leads to like kind of the main conflict which we haven't talked about yet despite being an hour in um, well not really a conflict but just like what gets a lot of these things going which is mitzi presenting this um this audition that's going to be happening in their town and this is an audition to join the dance troupe to potentially dance around the state um this is what she has been waiting for and i think which is kind of the catalyst for a lot of the things that happen because like we meet pearl in the state of mind where like she is just about at the brink Mm -hmm. and then mitzi arrives with this this heavenly gift of a chance to get off of this farm and i think that's what really snaps pearl because at that point she's like it doesn't matter what happens here as long as i kill that audition everything's fine like everything will work out i just i just need to win when i get there as long as that goes well all of this is worth it all of this is good yeah and that is brutal because we as the audience i feel like all of us already know especially with this being a prequel what's going to happen at that audition but it doesn't make it any easier to watch right yeah it's so regarding the staring thing yeah you're right they but they definitely both have that that in common but i feel like it's because those are two characters who only want to be looked at with admiration and not judgment Mm. and i feel like true when they feel that judgment starting to peek through it gets under their skin and i feel like it's the same thing for mitzi because this is a character that i i do think out of everybody in this movie besides maybe like her father i feel like mitzi is a very very innocent character like a very unfortunate character in the sense of these are just circumstances that she like wrong place wrong time kind of a situation because you could have taken this character and really made her a very specific archetype but she isn't she's actually very nice she seems to want to have a good relationship with pearl Mm -hmm. she tells pearl about the audition it's not like she's trying to hide it by any means she tells her about it she wants to go with her she's supportive about it and and she feels for pearl with when she doesn't get like chosen she feels bad for her she tries to spare her feelings she tries to be understanding it's there's so much about her that's good and there's so much about her that it's is seemingly going to be okay and then there's that moment where she steps into judgment that i think really seals her fate now understandably so (laughs) we Mm. know why she is judging pearl um (laughs) but I just think that that's the moment where I was like, there's Pearl's not going to she's not going to stand for this. Um, But yeah, this is kind of the inciting incident because this is what Pearl is looking so forward to. It's kind of like the the countdown to the end, because this really leads us up to our end. And I think that this is also the first time when Pearl realizes because her mother wants to stop her from going to the audition that's what a lot of their fight kind of stems from is her mother finding out what pearl's been doing behind her back Mm -hmm. and pearl realizing that by killing her mother or which is an accident like she doesn't this is this is the the one time where it's an accident and 
Pearl just kind of like is like, all right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna use this because she doesn't her mom's dress cuts it on fire. Now Pearl does douse her with boiling hot corn on the cob water, but I think that that was just like you know she was frazzled. I don't think she meant to do that. Um, right. But she does take this opportunity and she uses it. And I do think this is the first time that she realizes by what happened, she was able to get what she wanted because she got yeah. her mother out of the way. So she was kind of free to take her mother's dresses and doll herself up really nice and go to the audition. And so she gets there thinking that she's kind of put the best foot forward. And it does not go well. And now no. <laughs> and now it's just the I mean, I do think it's really realistic in the sense of dealing with what they were dealing then and with that time with the war and like trying to really prop up this all-american support mm -hmm. that was very much true that they wanted the all-american look blonde blue-eyed young pretty girl like that's what they were looking for they weren't looking for people who could potentially be from other countries they were looking for people where when they put them up people would say they're definitely american and so Pearl's just not that. Like, yeah, that's not what she is. Sorry, he's just not what we had in mind. Well, that was the best dancing I've ever done. Yes, it was very nice. But we already have plenty of gals like you in the troupe. We're looking for something different today. You know, more all-American, younger and blonde. Someone with X Factor. What? Next. I'm afraid so. Promise. Time to go. Please. You don't understand I need this. Next in line, please. I can make it better. Come on now, darling. You don't want to make a scene and spoil everything. Please. Just give me one more chance. Which is kind of the reality of like just any sort of performance in general and just auditioning in general, where it's just like sometimes, you know, you'll want something and you won't get it for a specific reason that's sometimes out of your control. Mm -hmm. And it's just you weren't the right fit for that. And that's OK. Um, but for Pearl, clearly that's not OK, because like this is it. Right. This is her one opportunity. So like failure is not an option, which makes the failure hurt. Mm -hmm multitudes more um and to her respect it was a good performance like her dance was pretty good and i think like perhaps in a different medium giving a different chance different group maybe she would have actually made the team but uh she uh she did not yeah and she did not take it well and um unfortunately for mitzi who uh 
did fit the role um that also kind of sealed her deal yeah or her sorry sealed her fate as well it was unfortunate yeah because mitzi just so happens to be exactly that and so also they're only taking one person from each town Mm -hmm. so and the guy told her what they were looking for too which also so like bro you don't know you just signed Mm -hmm. you just killed mitzi you signed her death waiver like why did you why didn't you just be like girl you're not talented (laughs) you're not that pretty and you're not that bright and i don't think (laughs) i don't think it's gonna work he should have just said something and yeah he he, it would have been fine but no he kind of he kind of lets her know what exactly they're looking for and all signs point to mitzi now this rejection happening at the time that it happens just it just makes pearl feel like everything that her mom said was right and and was true and that there is no getting past where they're at there's nothing more for her and that all of killing her mom and all of that like taking her or killing her family was kind of for naught because she did all that so she could come to this audition and leave this town and go on to bigger, better things. And none of that has come to fruition. And now she has to make the best of what she has got here in this place. And it's kind of like a gut punch to her. I mean, Mitzi finds her girls blubbering on the steps. Yeah. Just absolutely having a meltdown mitzi brings her back can everybody stop walking pearl home i mean <laughs> she's fine like she's got a she's, bike She'll she's make got it. a bike <laughs> she loves to bike on her own everybody just needs to like send her off <laughs> by herself <laughs> and maybe more people would be okay <laughs> so true These poor people just all walk into their doom yeah <sighs> but like Man, it's just it, it's all like all of that sucks again. Mitzi, just for that character, not really trying to do anything bad, but so in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, but her being there does lead to what I think is one of the best monologues I've heard in years, if not one of the best I've heard ever. Um, just because I do think. The level of just I need to get this off my chest that Pearl is at at the moment that they sit down at that table, I do think really justifies the monologue. And like by the time it's done, which is it's long, it's like almost like an eight minute monologue, most of it all in one take, which is phenomenal. Um, but like by the end of it, you just learn so much about where Pearl has been for the entirety of this movie. I feel like before you hear that monologue the first time, a lot of these things are just implied or like you come up with on your own. But like once you actually hear her break down her mindset through basically this entire movie, it just feels so tragic because you're just like, damn, like this girl just has a dream, but she also knows that there's something wrong with her. And like she just has these compulsions that she can't control. And all she wants is a better life. Like that's literally all she wants, a better life and to be loved. However, she's made a lot of mistakes, a lot of murderous mistakes at this point. And it's like, where do you go from here? And like, what do you do? You, you're right. You get a lot of insight. Although we've gotten so much insight into Pearl and the way that she thinks and operates throughout the entirety of this movie, I think in this monologue, yeah, you really get to the 
kind of crux of of everything where I I think she just is so frustrated with the hands that she's been dealt. And even more so than that is frustrated at the fact that it feels like everybody else can make choices for what they want or what they want to do and that she can't. She mm. is always put in this position where everybody around her kind of gets to dictate what her life will be or make the choices for her. And no matter how much she does to try and push for a better result, she'll wind back in the same space because we've seen it in this movie. She auditions to leave. She doesn't get it. She gets with this guy to leave. She doesn't get to leave. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't want to be with her. She got married to leave. She got married. And not only that, she does love Howard. However, part of the reason that she married him is because he is very well off. And mm-hmm. he had the opportunity to, to get her off of the farm. She saw that as a new start, a fresh start, a better start. And he would rather be at the farm. He'd rather live on the farm be a working guy on the farm then do what what she wants then then go somewhere that would make her happy just because he's got to he's already gotten to live that life but she's never gotten that chance and it's you can tell that she really although she loves him she is pretty bitter about the fact that he decided for them that they're just going to stay where they're at and mm-hmm. and that she was never a- allowed to to experience this life that she feels like she deserves. And Howard was the closest thing that she could have gotten to that. And no matter how many times she tries and tries and tries, she's just going to get kicked back and kicked down. And then she sees people like Mitzi, who... Just a personification of everything yeah, that she wants. Sh- the only, It shouldn't be better than her, but... for some reason is better than her and it pisses her off like (laughs) she she's pissed about it and she doesn't know how to handle those those feelings and those emotions she doesn't know how to handle like the the anger that she feels and Mm -hmm. like the things that she feels inside of her she doesn't know what to do with any of those feelings and they come out in some really fucked up ways but she doesn't know what to do with that And so, yeah, we kind of get this realization from her where she's like, I guess this is it. Like, I guess I'm just going to have to make the best of of what I've got. I guess I'm just going to have to follow my mom's advice. So she says all this stuff because it basically Mitzi's like, pretend like I was Howard (laughs) and like, tell me, tell me everything. So poor, poor girl. Just trying to to be a shoulder to cry on for like two seconds. Uh, just doing the nice, the nicest things she could think of. Yeah. And, oh my God, what a misstep! I know, because that is a very nice thing to say. Where it's like, oh, if you're nervous about telling him something, like practice on me first. Like that's a nice thing to do. But yeah, she finds out everything. Everything. Ima- imagine too, like being like halfway through that, hearing that this woman cheated on your brother, mm-hmm. and then finding out two minutes later that that's not even close to the worst thing that she has done in the past day or two no no (laughs) like her reaction once the monologue is done makes me laugh every time because like bro what do you say yeah like (laughs) where do you go 
I made such a mess of things. I don't know how much more I can take. I need to clean this up. All of it. I need to make things right before you see me again. Maybe if I can turn this farm into a home for us like you wanted, things will finally be different. I can forgive. I can be who you want me to be. If you just stay with me. all by myself anymore. It's too hard. We can love each other. I'll do that for you. If you really meant all that, till death do us part. It'd be enough. Just you and me here on this farm. All I really want is to be loved. I'm having such a hard time without it lately. I should probably get going now. Mother be wondering where I am if I'm not home soon. It's like, ah, uh, it's about like, that time. time? Ooh, yeah. I left some in the oven, yeah, actually. Like, gotta... oh, shit, it's that time already? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Got to get out. It's about that time for me to head out. Um, also, speaking of laughing because yes that makes me laugh when we swivel back around and see her face but also the part earlier that i was talking about that makes me laugh is when she's dancing with the scarecrow and she looks down and it's the projectionist <laughs> it's, the <guy's> face. <laughs> it's his face for a minute it's like the closest thing we get to a jump scare in this movie and it's so funny because from neck down he's still scarecrow <laughs> but from chin <laughs> from chin up is that is the projectionist face and his eyes just <laughs> open and it's such a it's quick ridiculous. fucking shot too it's, <laughs> so, it's so funny. funny and she goes i'm married, I'm married. <laughs> yeah it's it makes me laugh every single time um but yeah so all of this happens and mitzi you know tries to reassure her like hey i'm not gonna tell anybody bro i every time i watch this part i'm always like what would i do in that situation honestly mm -hmm. i don't know because it's like she's not wrong to try and leave like it, to try and get out of the house as soon as possible it's not the wrong thing but oh the way i would have pretend like me and pearl were best friends i would have been like <laughs> the best i'm like girl friends. that's crazy can you make me some tea or something like right? like hey you got a little bit of snot right there here i got you let me just yeah. let me dab that off for you girl be like damn girl that's crazy um um, let's go take a walk like let's go <laughs> <laughs> let's go walk into town let's go see a movie get your but, mind off of things <laughs> it's true but like honestly i think that mitzi was dead before that monologue even started oh. i the moment she went back to that house she was dead like let's be real here yeah it was a wrap and so because by the time that she's leaving it it gets revealed. I mean, Pearl already knows, but it gets revealed that, yeah, Mitzi is the girl that got chosen for the show. And Pearl's 
pissed, obviously. Like I said, she's like, this is unbe-fucking-leavable. I can't, I can't stand it. That's another thing too. This is what I mean about like all of these nice things that Mitzi does that come back to bite her in the ass, walking Pearl home, lending an ear and telling her about the audition. If she would have never told her about the audition, none of this would have happened. Mitzi would have been doing the fucking can-can all across the United States. Just fine. <laughs> Just doing shuffle ball changes all throughout the world. And, and no one would have been the wiser, but all of this ends with there's always like these really cool shots during these deaths of outside people. I do love the the perspective of the people leaving and we kind of get to see that from the outside and then Pearl kind of popping up <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to prevent them from leaving uh, with the projectionist. She literally popped up out of nowhere. Um, but with this one, it's cool because you get this tracking shot where you just kind yeah. of get to watch Pearl stock. Mitzi down the down the path um yeah and, out of their place uh, it's, it's so good it's, i man. think it's i think it's so rough because of because now pearl is using an axe as a weapon um other great choice for the circumstances but i think this one is particularly rough to watch just because normally with an axe death it's like quick pop to the head they're done but because of how they're moving throughout the scene it's pearl hitting mitzi on the back a couple of times and mitzi keeping going and just mm-hmm. knowing that she's making con contact every time that she hits her but just like not getting that kill shot oh it's it's such an unfortunate death for someone who was just trying to be a good friend yeah it sucks (laughs) it sucks i mean come on homegirl gets dismembered yeah chucked to the to the gator too like she she gets the worst death uh almost i mean depending on how you feel about being burned alive and uh melted with corn water but and then chuck down the stairs and then chuck down some stairs but great like her death is pretty gruesome though i'm not gonna lie the strut that pearl does when she kicks open that door and is getting ready to grab the axe 10 out of 10 gangsta moments like she walks out of there with some swagger and nothing but death stare in her eyes like oh no bitch you ain't leaving yeah you are not leaving (laughs) she was ready to kill her for sure for sure um and theta was eating good that week yes she was theta was having a ball just a president's dinner just delicious food every day Mm -hmm. Something new all the time. Right? (laughs) And (laughs) now, um, we talked about a little bit in our X X episode, but with the landslide sequence in X, I wasn't the biggest fan of that, but what I did enjoy about that sequence was the the side-by-side shot that they use, Mm -hmm. where it's like, you're watch you're watching two different things at the same time. We we reuse that in Pearl, and I'm kind of down i'm kind of down with it at this point Mm because i do do enjoy seeing like again this juxtaposition of like her trying to fix her life while simultaneously doing this awful thing to her sister-in-law like there's something about it that's like a cool dynamic also so gross that she kept the same brush that she brushed her dead mom's hair with and use yeah, an X. That's so nasty. Like I, I understand, fair. but also ew. 
Uh, no, yeah. It looks so soft, though. It's like <laughs> oh, a very yeah. soft brush. Didn't you think that? I don't know. When she was the brushing way it was her. scraping that scalp up? I don't know. Right. But for how crispy that scalp was, it, the brush had to have been soft because <laughs> we only got like a chunk out. And if it had been a hard bristle, that whole scalp would have been gone. But she was able to get through some of those. Ha- I mean, the mom still had some hair left at the dinner table. That's true. But that's a soft brush. Yeah, but all in all, <laughs> <laughs> I like the sequence. I like and I like what it ended with. Like I, I enjoyed this last image of like her sitting at the table, just having dinner with her family. Because again, going back to what Pearl actually wants, she just wants some love, man. Like that's all yeah. she's looking for. And like, it's just it's so sad to see her realize in the moment that that's what she wanted this whole time, but knowing that she'll never get that now after what she's mm-hmm. done. Um, it's just brutal, but, yeah. uh, I do love the fact that Howard comes back at the end. I do think that that was a brilliant choice, um, to make for this ending. What a welcome home. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a welcome back. Yep. Everybody's dead. Now it's, it's interesting because obviously you have to kind of fill in the blanks about how Howard came to just accept everything and and it's clear that he loves pearl but what a scene to walk into and and it seems like howard is a good person i mean his sister is a good person and it seems like howard and his sister were close and his mom and also their mom was not a terrible person either like no. despite the reaction that um pearl's mom gave like she went over there to bring them food being like hey i know times are hard right now this is just to help you guys out like as far as we know their mom was pretty chill yeah um so it's yeah he, he walks back in everything's all the way messed up and pearl's just i'm so happy that you're home and then i'm sure everybody's seen it now the the menacing smile that she does that doesn't quite reach her eyes uh that like lasts for like a minute of the credits which i mean i feel like that just encompasses pearl as a person it's this facade of beauty and wanting mm-hmm. everything to be perfect and wonderful and happy but having this feeling that something is wrong underneath the surface like no it's not quite clicking it's not quite all there and also too you have to assume that at some point howard did find out that i don't know maybe you don't about his sister like i I don't he he has i feel like he had to he has to know because it's like i mean i don't know unless unless pearl just could pearl could lie and be like oh your sister is touring around the country doing so i don't know but i do know an ex she does make a mention of like you know i hate blondes but then at the same time that could be about anybody so Mm -hmm. you have to wonder about I, I think she told him i think she told him and he honestly he did what you talked about doing he's like look if i try and leave this farm right now i'm a dead man <laughs> right right but yeah no it's a great ending it like i i love i i particularly love these moments in the movie that do feel like in like an mgm grand musical um mm-hmm. with these horrible things happening on screen i know i read an interview with ty west where um they were talking about how potentially they almost did this movie in black and white i saw that yeah too. before deciding to do it in this really rich vibrant color um 
And I think that that was honestly the best thing they could have done because I feel like in black and white, this movie would have matched the dread that is happening on screen. Like the the actual filming of the movie and it being in black and white, it would have read more kind of dark and and kind of dreary. Um, yeah. But having the juxtaposition between these really light, bright like vibrant colors and this feeling that at any moment someone could break into song. <laughs> I feel like having mm-hmm. that juxtaposed as a juxtaposition against what is actually happening in the movie was a much better call. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember reading the same thing and thinking to myself, it would have been an interesting viewing and I would actually kind of like to watch this movie in black and white just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the color, the color scheme of this is a huge factor of this movie and a huge factor in the story too. Like after seeing it in this very Wizard of Oz style Technicolor, I, I could not go back to having it be in black and white. It would fit the period piece portion for sure but i think a lot of the little the little things wouldn't have popped quite as much without all this vibrant color to it yeah agreed um but yeah ending is great um matches the tone and also that wasn't planned apparently the smile they kind of came up with on the day I heard, which is, again, a cool, cool choice. And it ended up working very well for that. That looked so painful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently it, it's she he just never called cut <laughs> like yeah. he just made her keep smiling until he <laughs> decided he wanted to call cut, um, which is a tactic that is used um, usually when directors are trying to get some kind of a reaction out of an actor or or like get a more authentic reaction is either like mm-hmm. not letting them know that they're going to do something or waiting to call cut or what have you. And it usually pays off and it paid off for sure in this one, because I think that it works because of the length that it is. And it's interesting to put yourself in Howard's shoes <laughs> in that moment, <laughs> because it, it does have to be that moment of, of speechlessness of, stillness of what the fuck happened here from his perspective but then also from pearl's perspective i feel like it really nails in this idea of please still love me like yeah please still love me regardless of what happened please still love me like yeah that's what it feels like because it's so long that's what it feels like to me is like please tell me you still love me kind of yeah But I also think it's another one of the facets that makes this movie unique, Um, similarly to them not going black and white, right? Where it's like if they go black and white, you're going to be very similar to a lot of things that have come in the past. Whereas I definitely thought when we hit that ending that she would do the smile, we would do the freeze frame like you always Mm -hmm. do in those style of movies, and we would cut to credits. The fact that it kept going past then was just a reminder that this is its own experience that this is a unique move a unique movie in and of itself and mm. i really like that and like again i always love taking things that people are very familiar with within like a genre or subgenre or method of movie making and then putting your own little spin on it like it doesn't have to be too huge like in this um 
in this example but like when you do do it and you do it well i think that it adds something and mm -hmm. for me it was just a, a the nicest of buttons um and one of the few times i actually sat through credits um that wasn't in a marvel movie so true yeah gets you to sit through the credits for sure because yeah mm -hmm. i'll i'll sit there and watch that whole thing just to just to see the changes the changes true. in emotions in her eyes that's true though you should watch credits e even though um you know i don't do it you should because it's good and just support the people that made the movie but that also reminds me really quickly too um shout out to the people tyler bats and tim williams who did the score for this movie because mm -hmm. the sound of pearl is also really good as well yes very grand um mm -hmm. and fits the time period fits that store that sort of movie kind of theme that they're like that Foley's type of score that they're yeah. going for um which once again kind of twists what's happening on screen but at the same time kind of plays into it there's like a light mm -hmm. darkness to um a lot of what is coming on a lot of what you're hearing um which fits Pearl but then also fits just I think the world at that time yeah um but yeah that's i think that's everything i got on pearl i i honestly could really talk about the movie in length for a long ass time but i feel like as far as big bullet points goes that covers about everything for me mm -hmm. same same for me we gotta rate this bad boy mm -hmm. and uh what are we gonna rate pearl out of now grant i don't remember what we rated x out of i cannot I can't it, it was it was long enough that i can't remember i can't either uh, I was like, maybe we read out of influenza masks, boiled corn, <laughs> one night at the movie. <laughs> Alternatively, should we just rate this one out of stars? Please, I'm a star! Oh my god. <laughs> I think that <laughs> may work. <laughs> You know, there's like somebody who's listening to like this is their first episode and they're like, why is that such a big revelation yeah, like, for them? Uh, duh. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we yeah. should do this one out of stars. That sounds about right. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, this one for me is going to be easy. This is an easy five out of five stars for me. I absolutely love Pearl for all of the reasons. We talked about already in this episode, but just in general, for me, the experience of both X and Pearl was phenomenal. And I just love what Ty West is doing with this um, trilogy. I'm very, very excited for Maxine to see where we end up with all of this. Um, but as a standalone, I just think Pearl does so many things well. Mia Goth is phenomenal, but everyone in the cast does a phenomenal job as well. Um, from the vibrant colors to the soundtrack to the plot to the kills like everything in this movie just hits for me um, it hit even harder the second time through and I'm sure I'm going to be watching this movie several times over the coming years just because I love it so much so very very one of the easier five out of fives I've given but very nice that it's five out of five stars for Pearl for me <laughs> 
Um, same. Five out of five stars. Yeah. Hey. This movie is awesome. I really enjoyed it. It has done exactly what I think they meant to do, which it has just enriched the world for me. And yeah, I am equally as excited to see Maxine now. I think that Pearl is a beautifully done movie. Visually, it's stunning. I love the tone of it. I love that they're continuing down this filming within the period and really leaning into that filming style. I love that. I think that there are so many different stories going on in this movie that all get broken down really well. And I'm interested. I'm in equally in every tale that's happening. I'm interested in Pearl's family life and like the tragedy of that, the devastation of that. I'm interested in what's happening with her kind of dream life. I'm interested in the side characters and what's going on with her relationship to them. And yeah, Mia Goth is is amazing. I, I am never bored watching her. I think she knows this character so well at this point. And I'm like excited to see her continue to 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 dive into into one more character again. So yeah. Pearl's a five out of five. Uh, highly recommend it. Even to people that aren't particularly fans of horror or like scary stuff. I think Pearl is is a great movie for, yeah. for like dipping your toe in. But just getting some fantastic performances, a fantastic story, and enough of a creep factor that it feels, you know, tense and a little spooky. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's it. Pearl, you're a star. Five out of five you're a star. stars. Please. Also, also, Maxine taking place in the 80s. Very smart move. A lot of 80s fans when it comes to horror. So wherever they take this, I feel like you're in the right era to make something spectacular for mm-hmm. the third one. So yes, they're being very tight-lipped naturally about what everything is going to be or what Maxine is about. But I think we do know that it's going to take place in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I think especially now after seeing a younger Pearl and seeing more of the similarities between those two characters, I am very interested to see where they take it. Because in Mm -hmm. X, because they were in such different places in their lives, I didn't really see a correlation there. But after seeing Pearl, yeah, there's more to both of them connection-wise than I think first met meets the eye. So I'm like... I'm really excited to see what they do in Maxine. I, I, it's a question mark. I don't know, but I'm excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd love to talk about Pearl with you guys. Um, so like I said, our social media is Homies of Horror on everything. If you'd like to chit chat with us on there, we would love to hear from you guys. Or if you want to dive a little bit deeper, you can always join our Discord. That's where we hang out with the homies. Uh, we're there all throughout the week just talking about all things horror, but other things as well. So if you kind of want to come through there see what that's about and say hello to everybody the link for that is also in our social media bios and last but not no this isn't last (laughs) (laughs) or you can always email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries and if you're listening to this on the day of its release that means it's monday that means we are on twitch tonight we will be playing some spooky games hanging out with the homies and having a little bit more chit chat about Pearl. So if you wanted to come through and listen to that and say what's up, then we would love for you to. The link is also in our social media bios for that. 
And last but not least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and you haven't done that, we would love for you to. Or if you're listening over on Spotify, then you can click the stars right underneath our name to rate us as well. So yeah, we'd love for you guys to do that. Please. Please, <laughs> please, please we watch your stars. Star. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's that's it, homies. We hope you enjoyed <laughs> our last 2022 breakdown for maybe just a little while. Um, but we'll be seeing you guys next week with a new episode. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.